Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. Today, we're talking all about sleep. We've enlisted the help of Dr. Roger Murphy to talk us through how we can get deep restorative sleep starting tonight. Let's dive in. Dr. Roger Murphy, thanks for joining us today to talk all things sleep. Oh, I'm just delighted to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. So obviously 2020 has thrown a range of events at us and um, there's there's two groups of people right now. And I think there's people that have had their sleep completely go down the toilet, people that are really struggling with their sleep. And then there's a, a group of people that um, having are having the best sleep ever because they're under quarantine and have nothing else to do. But this this podcast today is for our first group of people that are struggling to sleep and don't know what to do. So thanks for helping us out. So Dr. Murphy, how, why did you throw yourself into the sleep research? Well, Sarah, uh, you know, it wasn't intentional, but uh, my specialty is fibromyalgia, which I've specialized in the last two decades. And one of the major challenges for this group is just they really struggle to be able to get enough sleep. And really for them, I think for most anybody has a chronic condition, deep restorative sleep is the key for good health. If you're not getting deep restorative sleep on a consistent basis, you're going to be uh, challenged to feel good. I mean, it, it, we know that deep restorative sleep is key for reducing pain, for helping with mental clarity, helping with moods, helping your metabolism for energy. The list is rather long. So it wasn't intentional. It was more out of necessity. So when you say deep restorative sleep, what are you referring to? Well, so many people wake up the next morning and they feel like they hadn't slept. And big part of that is they're not going into what's called the, the deeper sleep, which is called delta wave sleep. So there's three phases of sleep. Uh, the first part of that is as you start to go to sleep, you're in a really light sleep, a, the A um, beta waves and B beta waves. So something can wake you up, uh, you know, my kids getting up, uh, so, you know, it can wake you up pretty quickly. But as you get into the delta wave sleep, that's where you're in the deepest sleep. And that's when the body's really repairing itself. This is the non-REM sleep. Uh, REM sleep is where your body is really pretty active. You have these brain waves that are going back and forth. Your eyes are going back and forth. This is the dream straight, uh, dream straight which is not real relaxing, but it's necessary. Uh, so you need to go through these three phases to get the, the, the best effect uh, of your sleep. And so many people, unfortunately, they never get into that deep restorative sleep, at least not long enough. And they wake up the next morning and they felt like they didn't get any sleep at all. Mm, interesting. So you're saying these three phases of sleep, uh, they equate to a deep restorative sleep. You need to go through all three. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So what happens when people, like you mentioned it before, but can you go into more detail? What happens to the body when you're not actually having good quality sleep? Well, in the fibromyalgia community, we know that if they're not getting deep restorative sleep, they increase their inflammatory chemicals by 500%. So they've got all this inflammation and pain going on. And with fibromyalgia, they already have a low pain threshold. So their pain is already magnified. In the general population, you know, I'm sure that it's true as well. If you're not getting that good sleep, your inflammatory chemicals go up so you have more pain. Um, if you're not getting that deep restored to sleep, the body's not able to repair itself. You know, 
God is really bright, right? And so he gives us all day long to do what we want to do, you know, abuse our bodies and go all day, drink caffeine and work nonstop. But for eight hours, at least six hours, you know, what's what's supposed to happen is supposed to be able to to go into that deep sleep and the body is healing itself. It's actually your brain shrinks about 40 percent and it allows this um, glial uh, lymphatic uh, glial system to to uh, literally to to uh, detox the brain. So you're getting toxins out of the brain. You're also releasing uh, stress coping chemicals, I call them, to, to allow you to be able to handle stress and stress uh, building chemicals that allow you the body to repair itself, like human growth hormone that helps to build muscle and allows you to have a good metabolism. DHEA, which is one of the stress hormones that is replenished when you go into deeper store to sleep. If your DHEA level is low, you find that uh, mentally, you're not as sharp as you would like to be. You may be predisposed to Alzheimer's. Uh, definitely, more likely to be anxious or have issues with anxiety, and and you don't handle stress very well. We see that if you're not getting deeper stored to sleep, your immune system's compromised. You're more likely to be deficient in a brain chemical that's very important in the fibromyalgia community called serotonin, which is the happy hormone. So deeper stored to sleep, or lack of deeper stored to sleep, is associated with mood disorders, um, as well as things like irritable bowel syndrome. You have more serotonin receptors in your intestinal tract than you do in your brain. So when you get deficient in serotonin, and one of the ways you get deficient in serotonin is not getting into that deep restorative sleep. And that predisposes you to to gut issues that you, you never really thought about. Where's the connection? But that's the connection, is that the gut and the brain are connected and this deep sleep allows for that connection to be able to to communicate back and forth. So the next day when you wake up, you're able to be you know fueled up and, and ready to take on the day's challenges. Uh, we found out recently as well, adding to the hormone uh, conversation, that men make their testosterone entirely when they're sleeping. And uh, and you can tell <laughs> if a guy's having a good sleep by, you know, what happens when he wakes up in the morning. Um, yes. But I, I find that interesting because I think uh, culture or, um, you know, contemporary culture really uh, elevates the idea of not sleeping. Yeah, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I'll work hard. And this makes me like strong and powerful. But in um, it, it physically and particularly in the case of men, it's actually making them way less manly, which is interesting. <laughs> um, uh, so so why is this happening for people? I know so many people that struggle with their sleep and uh, I, I, it seems to be something about our lifestyle that's really yeah. not helping. Well, so- it's the stress. <laughs> you know, if you look at the stress, I mean, that's really what initiates it. Uh, in the fibromyalgia community, that's the trigger for fibromyalgias is something comes along that's the straw that breaks the camel's back. Uh, they could have been under stress for years, maybe a toxic marriage or a toxic work environment. Um, they could have had you know, some other illnesses. It could be acute illness, too, or surgery, like a hysterectomy. Um, but something comes along that's the straw that breaks the camel's back, and then they're never the same. And the thing that, that initiates it, that is the fuel on the fire, is lack of sleep. When, when that happens... It sets the stage, whether it's for fibromyalgia or weight gain, type 2 diabetes, mood disorders, chronic pain, autoimmune disease. You can link 
autoimmune, uh, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, to poor sleep. Anything that compromises the body's ability to be able to repair itself is a recipe for disease. But but Sarah, the question, you know, to answer your question, stress. I mean, you know, we're all under so much stress, uh, real or imagined, right? I mean, sometimes we just make it up just because we think we're supposed to be doing something, you know. Uh, we just we make up stress, our own stress. Um, but you know, I use this analogy that we're all born with a stress coping savings account. And in that stress coping savings account, we have certain chemicals that allow us to deal with stress. And, and all day long, we're under stress, right? So as we encounter stress, we're releasing things like serotonin, the happy hormone that helps calm everything down. We're releasing norepinephrine, which is adrenaline, if we need a little more energy or to do something. Um, human growth hormone, DHEA, B, uh, vitamin B5, panathenic acid, magnesium, uh, the anti-stress mineral. These chemicals are there to be used. But if you get really run down and your sleep gets compromised, you can make more withdrawals than you do deposits because you make deposits into your stress coping savings account by getting that deeper store to sleep. Uh, but, but once you bankrupt your stress coping savings account, now it's this vicious cycle you get in where you don't have the stress coping chemicals. So stress becomes more magnified. It really affects you more than it, it used to. And now that leads to even worse uh, you know, more difficulty with your sleep and then more stress and more problems with your sleep. And so it's this vicious cycle that people get in and they don't know how to get out of that. Uh, and, and the place to start is you, you've, you've got to reduce your stress. You have to reduce your stress to have any opportunity to be able to get a good night's sleep, but also just to, to really enjoy optimal health. I'm curious as to what, what are some things that perhaps would take us out of maybe that deep restorative sleep like REM that people may not be aware of? Well, the, the ones that come to mind right away that are, that are so common would be alcohol. And, you know, that's the one that people kind of rely on to help to wind them down and hopefully, you know, get them to where they can relax. The problem is, is that in the middle of the night, uh, what happens is your your um, it sabotages your melatonin level and your your blood sugar drops. When your blood sugar drops, then cortisol, which is your go get them type uh, hormone, that raises. You get a spike in that, and that wakes you up. You know, so you don't get that good night's sleep. The other one would be caffeine. You know, people don't realize um, that drink. You know, and the cat. You know, and it's in everything, right? So you, it's not just the coffee, but it's the tea at lunch. It's the candy bar, the quick pick me up in the afternoon. But if you're not careful, that caffeine can sabotage your circadian rhythm, your sleep wake cycle. It can it can um, sabotage that. Um, the other thing is just low blood sugar. So individuals that have low blood sugar that wake up in the middle of the night, t- typically uh, what happens is uh, they'll wake up in the middle of the night feel almost feel like panicky. And if that's you, then a lot of times it has to do with low blood sugar. And you can help that by eating a little snack before you go to bed. Now, the snack needs to be a non-sugary snack, but maybe some cashew butter and, and you know maybe half an apple or a handful of, of um, almonds and you know, again, maybe an apple, something, a little bit of fruit for that sugar. But um, you set the stage before you go to bed. That's what's going to happen the rest of the night. And um, I think people get so worked up about getting a good night's sleep that sometimes that sabotages them as well. Great suggestions. Thank you. With the caffeine topic, is there 
any amount is any amount of caffeine okay like if you have I've, you know if you have a coffee in the morning and don't have anything after that is that okay or is that going to throw out your circadian rhythm it depends on how sensitive you are and it all depends on how well your liver can process caffeine so in the liver there's two main detoxification pathways of cytochrome p450 some people they can drink you know i know people they can drink uh, coffee all day, have it, you know, for right before they go to bed and, you know, they're out. Other people, just a little bit of drop of decaf coffee and then there's no way they're going to be able to sleep. So it really depends on just how God made you. You know, genetics plays a big role in that. Caffeine is not a notoriously evil thing. Uh, I love a good cappuccino in the morning or two. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but now I got to be real careful because it, late in the day, sometimes even in the afternoon, I used to drink it. And to give me a pick, pick me up, and then it would sabotage my sleep. I'm kind of a recovering insomniac myself, ironically. Uh, but I found that I had to give up that coffee in the afternoon. Every once in a while, um, I'll have it. And, and it's really funny because if I have anything after 5 p.m., 4.59, I'm okay. 5.01, it's probably <laughs> all mental, right? But it's going to sabotage my sleep. Uh, coffee is actually a real potent antioxidant. Uh, it actually re- reduces the risk of colon cancer. So it's it's not, uh, um, you know, it's not a bad thing in moderation. It's, mm-hmm. I think people, they don't realize that, you know, okay, you had a coffee in the morning, you had one, you know, mid-morning, you had one in the afternoon, it's pick me up, and then maybe you had some chocolate after dinner. You know, it's just these things that it just adds up, and then you really pay the price with your with lack of sleep. I think all the coffee lovers sighed a sigh of relief. <laughs> Do you yeah, say that? Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. We can continue our addiction. Cool. <laughs> uh, absolutely. absolutely. Don't take the drug away from us, Dr. Maffrey. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I tell you, my, uh, uh, I've tried to give it up twice. And uh, the second time I bet my daughter when she was, she's 22, and I, she, I think she was 10, I bet her, I said, I, I, I'll give you $100 if I start back on caffeine. Two days into it, my wife, Jill, said, just pay her the $100. Just get it over with. Because <laughs> I was miserable, right? I was miserable. Yeah. Uh, but fortunately, it's kind of a, as a, a researcher and clinician, you know, I've, I came across that research about uh, uh, coffee years ago. And I've, that's my juicy rationalization to, to stay on it. <laughs> yeah. Anything for the addicts to add another excuse? Ourselves included. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm- I'm curious with your story of being an, you know, a self-described insomniac at least some points of your life. Um, what were some of the things that you used to hack your ability to maybe to sleep deeper? Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I mean, that was important because here I was uh, coaching people. You know, here I was trying to tell them or share with them what they need to do to get a good night's sleep because it was crucial, especially for the fibromyalgia community. And I would you know, I'd go to bed and I'd be up at 3 a.m. and, you know, couldn't sleep. And I really, what I did was I just really started practicing what I preached. I realized, you know what, um, I can do this, but as I'm getting, as I started getting a little bit older, it was harder to get up at three and write, you know, write, a, you know, write my books and do the things that I love to do. And I realized part of it was I'd conditioned myself that I needed to get up early to, to be able to get all the stuff done that I wanted to get done. And, and that was, um, that, that was a, a, a playbook that I had bought into early, you know, earlier that I realized I really just, you know what, I'm not that busy. I don't really have to do that. 
because uh, it started where I would get up at five. The next thing you know is at four. And the next thing is at three. Um, so I really paid attention to that. And then I really just um, focused on making sure that I did the things that I think anybody can do, which is I really recommend you've got to have some form of, uh, uh, of, of habit to de- de-stress your life. And so for me, it's exercise. You know, I just sometimes when I would get busy, that would be the thing that would be get pushed aside. And when I realized I cannot go a day without some without exercise, you know, some days it may be a two or three hour you know downhill bike ride. Some days it's a 30 minute walk, you know, uh, you know, whatever it is. But I just knew I had to do that every day. And then I also had to stick to which I knew was already important. It's called the hour of power. Now, for some people, it could be a quarter hour power, but that is the first thing in the morning. You know, I meditate, I pray, uh, I journal a little bit. I read positive material to feed my soul. So whether that's Joyce Meyer, Joel Osteen or Wayne Dyer, you know, whoever you, you find that really speaks to you, that's positive. And I really just nurture myself. That sets me up for the day. Um, so I don't really get stressed out like I used to. I mean, I still, everybody has stress and I get, you know, I feel it, but I know how to handle it now from years of, of meditation and, and uh, having that hour of power. And then the other thing I really, I don't watch the news. You know, I do not, I think that's the worst thing you can do. I, I can tell you everything that's going on because you can't get away from it. But I, you know, I think the worst thing you can do is to watch the, you know, the 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock news and then think you're going to be able to go to bed. You know, mm. you're not, you can't wind down from that. Um, I started doing the, the things that I think really are helpful, like, uh, you know, trying to wind down, uh, you know, hour or two before bed. So turning the lights down, not, you know, I don't ever get in the bed and read it, read my my phones never comes in my bedroom. So, you know, these are health tips that everybody can benefit. Right. But I just started really, you know, really, I just started practicing uh, what I was preaching. And then, I, and then I also stumbled across some, some nutritional supplements, some, some nutraceuticals that you know, I'm happy to share that, I've, that was really helpful for my patients and have helped me as well. Excellent. Awesome. I'd love to hear more about some of those because I've been experimenting myself um, with plenty um, and yeah, they can make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things for, for the fibromyalgia community, as I mentioned earlier, they're low in serotonin. And so this brain chemical, the importance of it is profound in that community. Um, it raises their pain threshold. They have less pain, helps with IBS, helps with mental clarity, helps reduce anxiety and depression. But it also increases your natural sleep hormone, melatonin, by 200%. So by taking 5-HTP, not only are you helping your sleep, but you're helping you know reduce pain and anxiety and depression and IBS and all the things that go with low serotonin. Um, so I started taking 5-HTP because my patients were, and uh, I started doing that. But I recommend that if you have an issue where you have low moods or you have fibromyalgia, then you would use 5-HTP. And you'd start with 100 milligrams, 30 minutes before bed, with just a little bit of grape juice. It doesn't take much, about an ounce mixed with water. And the grape juice causes your body, that sugar in the grape juice causes your body to release insulin. And the insulin pulls the serotonin passes the blood-brain barrier, so it goes into your brain and not your stomach, because you, you actually have more serotonin receptors in your stomach than your brain. But if you start with 100 milligrams, what you should see is that within 30 minutes you fall asleep and you sleep through the night. 
If you don't, then the next night you go to 200 milligrams. If that doesn't work, the next night you go to 300 milligrams. If that doesn't work, now you add the melatonin, okay? And you start with three milligrams of sublingual melatonin that lets, you know, lets it dissolve underneath the tongue, bypasses the stomach so it gets absorbed real quick. Uh, but you can go as high as 12 milligrams of uh, mel- sublingual melatonin with the 5-HTP. And then for those of you <laughs> that are watching that wake up in the middle of the night at 3 a.m., uh, maybe go to the bathroom, and then you can't go back to sleep, and you know who you are. It's so frustrating because I've been there. <laughs> uh, there you go. This guy. Uh, you know, you, you wake up and you go to the bathroom and your mind turns on. You think, oh, did I? You know, you think of all the things you were supposed to do, you need to do, want to do, you know. Um, I like uh, gamma aminobutric acid. I think you can find that in most countries, uh, but it's, it's over the counter, gamma aminobutric acid. It won't make you feel dopey, hungover or sleepy the next day, you can take it at 3 a.m., even if you need to wake up like I did at 5, and you'll be fine. But it does help you go back to sleep pretty quickly uh, without all the dizzy effects of, you know, some of the medications that are out there. But those three things, now there's other things as well, but those three things are my go-to for my patients. And, Sorry, and, what was and the third? Myself. Yeah. What was the third? Sorry? So we so had... 5-HTP, yeah. which you can get over the counter. 5-HTP is an amino acid. Um and the melatonin, which you find anywhere, I would, yeah. sublingual. I, you know, a lot of people will take it as a capsule, but sublingual seems to work better. And then the last one is called uh, gamma amino butric acid or GABA, G-A-B-A. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And for those that aren't familiar with 5-HTP and how that is important for serotonin, could you quickly explain that? Yeah, so, you know, people, um, you, you know, in a, here, in a, here in the States, one in ten females is on an antidepressant and you know no one has an antidepressant deficiency i mean not to be facetious but you know that's what we're told if you have low moods you need to be on antidepressant the problem is is the antidepressant doesn't make the happy hormone serotonin it only helps you hang on to it so if you're taking a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor and you don't have anything to reuptake it's not going to do anything it's like using a a gasoline additive in an empty gasoline tank. If you're running on fumes, it's not going to help. But 5-HTP, which is in protein, so every time you eat protein, you're getting this amino acid. Uh, now, people know, uh, uh, you know, you eat turkey. You know, here in the States, it's Thanksgiving. You get sleepy after eating turkey or drinking milk because it has a lot of tryptophan in it. But tryptophan turns into 5-HTP. 5-HTP is the active form. Uh, but anytime you eat protein, you should be getting 5-HTP. But for some people, genetically, they can't make that conversion. So they're already deficient. But when 5-HTP is combined with B vitamins, vitamin C and magnesium, that's what makes serotonin. That's where it comes from. It doesn't come from an antidepressant. It comes from our food, you know. Uh, but if you can't get enough of it or you can't convert it, then just taking the 5-HTP with a good multivitamin will turn that into serotonin. And then, you know, there. so there you go. You know, that's how you get serotonin. Excellent. Thank Super you. Super cool. Um, like, yeah, I know it was a bit of an aha moment for me when I realized like the building blocks of 5-HTP, I'm sorry, of uh, serotonin was 5-HTP, which is super cool. And I we have that in our houses and I take it as well. It's really helped me. Yeah, I'm super curious as to, uh, you know, you work with a lot of patients that would be struggling with this, obviously, particularly the serotonin issue, probably particularly with restless nights and 3 a.m. people, um, as you said, you're 
you know, trying to practice what you preach. What are some stories that you've encountered with some patients that you've worked with where, you know, perhaps doing some of these routines and adding these supplements have made a big difference to their sleep habits? Well, I mean, you know, there's, it, it would be a long, it'd be a long list because you think about, I mean, what is, when you're, you know, if you think about some of the most miserable times you've ever had would be when you couldn't sleep, right? If you've ever, if you've ever had that happen to you where you've gone two, three, four, five nights in a row where you just, maybe you're in, in school and you're studying or, you know, whatever it is, you just couldn't get enough sleep. You felt terrible. And uh, so when you can change that, then you've got, you know, you've got the ability to, to uh, turn somebody's life around. So, yeah, the first time I was aware of the power of that, that, you know, uh, really, really dawned on me is I had a lady that had really, she had been everywhere. She'd been all these sleep um, professionals. She'd been for, and, and, and she'd been everywhere for fibro. And what it turned out was she would wake up, I, she, she would be able to fall asleep, but every night at two o'clock she'd wake up. And, and no matter what she did, she took Sonata, she took all these different medications. She felt terrible taking them. It turned out, and this is when I realized the blood sugar thing. So what it was, she was real meticulous. She wouldn't eat anything after 6.30 p.m. So, you know, about 2 o'clock in the morning, she'd been fasting all this time, seven, eight hours. What would happen is her blood sugar would just bottom out, and she would wake up in a panic disorder uh, because her cortisol level would spike up and cortisol can make you feel really anxious. She'd wake up in sweats and her heart would race and she went to the ER several times thinking she's having a heart attack. Matt, what it turned out was it was just she had this low blood sugar issue that no one had ever really, you know, talked to her about. All I did was get her to, along with the 5-HTP, I got her to have an apple and some cashew butter or, or almond butter. She loved almond butter. And that did it for her. She's, you know, this was, this was such mm-hmm. a simple little fix, but for her, it turned her life around. She was able to go back. She'd been off work for two years. She was able to go back to work. Uh, she was, you know, her husband was slept in another bedroom. They had no intimacy. They were, you know, really close to getting a divorce. Her, you know, he, she was just an angry, irritable, uh, woman, you know, and it's because she was just miserable. And then after she started sleeping, she was just like uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. She just, mm-hmm. everything changed about her. I mean, she looked different, you know, seeing, seeing pictures of her or, or uh, after she started sleeping, she was just an entirely different person. So that's probably one of the ones that stands out that because it was such a learning experience for me. And, and it was so dramatic to see how she was, which I really thought she was not a very nice person. And then when she, started getting sleep, she turned out to be one of the nicest, kindest patients I've ever had in my life. Thank you for sharing. What a story. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm I'm not a very nice person when I when I haven't had enough sleep. But never babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but what amazing simple changes to make such a massive difference. That's amazing. Um what do you think, Dr. Murphy, about sleeping pills? Well you know there's there's a time and a place because I think it's some you know, when you get to that point, uh, I try to do everything naturally and my patients typically on half a dozen to a dozen drug drugs when they start with me, if they're working with me one-on-one and over a period of time, I'm able to get them off probably 95% of those and then get down them to the lowest dose. So there is a, there is a time, there is a place. Having said that, 
um, sleep drugs increase your risk of death by fivefold across the board of any illness. So they increase your risk of heart attack and stroke by 500%, increase your risk of certain cancers, Alzheimer's, anything that can take your life, the the sleep medications increase your risk by 500%. So once you know that, you're going to want to do everything you can to do it naturally. So I really encourage people to do it naturally. But if you get to the point where you've done and there's a lot of things we don't have time to talk about, little tricks that you know you can use. But if you've done these natural things, these protocols, and you still cannot sleep, and there are people like that, then that's when you have to get on something uh, that's going to allow you to sleep. Because you, if you don't, I think it's it's more dangerous not to sleep than it is to be on the sleep drug if you get to that point. And now, having said that, I think that 90% or probably 95% of the people, if they're diligent enough, they can do it naturally. They really can. If they really are willing to be proactive and learn about the different protocols, and, and, and you know, maybe they have to work with somebody like myself to do that, but if they really want to do it, they can. And I, you know, I can't think of a single case that uh, anybody that ever got off their sleep medications ever was uh, remorseful. Or doing so, they're all delighted. They're all so happy not to have to depend on this sleep medication, which they know um, is probably causing problems with their moods, mental clarity issues. Um, you know, Ambien can cause problems with anxiety and depression, hidden coordination, balance issue, diffuse achy pain. Um, you know, no, you know, nobody wants to take something that can be causing these symptoms, right? Uh, so. I, I think that sleep drugs, there's a place for them, no doubt there is. But I think that people are too quick to go to them because they don't know they have any options. Mm. All right, thank you. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, what um, I'm I'm curious at the moment with what's happening um, with COVID and sports. And a, a curious case study that came out was my friend was saying that all the current um, you know shooters in the NBA, all their stats are going crazy right now. Um, crazy as in, as in good. Good, okay. In the sense that. And they think it has something to do with the fact that they're not partying, so alcohol's down, and they're all locked down in these COVID camps. And so, the only thing they can do is sleep and practice and play um, basketball. And so, I'm curious to know as well about some of the performance-enhancing aspects of sleep because there's this big reason, you know, everyone gets into, like, biohacking and they're doing all these things but not sleeping well. (laughs) But perhaps – is sleep perhaps one of the most ultimate performance enhancers that we have access to? Well, Matt, I would say without a doubt it is because, um, again, that's when the body's repairing itself. And if you're uh, an elite athlete or just, you know, a weekend warrior, you want your body to have the, the nutrients and the, um, the, 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 uh, the, the biochemistry. You want that to be at optimal levels. And if you're not getting deeper stored sleep, you're compromising that. Um, and so as far as, you know, as far as you're about the NBA, I hadn't heard anything about that. But that makes sense to me. I mean, if you're really just that focused, you're really taking care of yourself, you're going to see that your performance is going to go up. If you look at really any uh, high-level athlete, uh, he or she, I think that they, they put a lot of emphasis on getting enough sleep and, and the importance of deep restorative sleep. Now, there are – you hear stories of people that are out you know, partying before the Super Bowl and doing this kind of stuff. But I think if you look at a lot of these high-end uh, track athletes and people like that, 
they're going to tell you that one of the most important things is they get enough sleep each and every night to be at peak performance on a consistent basis. You know, you can get away with it a game or two or here and there uh, when it's physical brute stuff, you know, maybe. But if you're out there competing in a, a, a high stakes tennis match, you know, the U.S. Open or Wimbledon or something, I guarantee you they are really adamant about getting enough rest. I mean, that is super important on their list. Mm, wow, cool. We're all very inspired to get uh, to fix our sleeping patterns. Um, actually, speaking of the Super Bowl, I, I I watched an interview with Jennifer Lopez. Obviously, she did a, a inc- like very impressive performance as a uh, 50, 50 year old at the Super Bowl um, halftime show. And her greatest tips, like people, obviously, like how do you look so good? How are you so fit and healthy? And what her number one thing was, I get a lot of sleep. Yeah. Um, so, and drink a lot of water. They were her main, her main things. So to yeah. all our viewers watching Dr. Murphy and are looking to reset their sleeping patterns, what are your greatest tips? So you've mentioned a few things. How can you just string it together for us? What a routine would look like for someone really trying to, you know, get their body to respond and get into that deep restorative sleep. Great uh, question, Sarah. So I think the first thing is it starts in the morning. So it starts in the morning with the hour power, quarter hour power, whatever you can carve out. And really, there's no excuse for not doing that. Uh, You deserve to nurture yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. And, you know, you've got this incredible healing dynamo that's just there waiting to be tapped that God gave you. you. You need to nurture it. So that's the, you know, starts first thing in the morning. And then you want to make sure that you get sunlight. Every every morning that you can. Now, if you're in a climate where you can't do that, you might need to get a bright light. You know, they sell those on Amazon. They're inexpensive. But for 20 minutes uh, in the morning, you want to be where you're reading or meditating, whatever you have this bright light on. Or you're in a window pane where you've got direct sunlight or, or uh, even shielded light. And, but you, you've got some sunlight that's coming in that's uh, hitting your skin. You want to do that. If you can get out first thing in the morning and get a walk in. Uh, some type of exercise that sets the stage for your body really to be able to handle stress the rest of the day. And it's, 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 you know, it's a success. I don't care if my day falls apart later on, I can have one success. And that is the, you know, my hour power and exercise and I've, and I'm successful. Then after that, if it all goes haywire, okay. But part of that though, is I can, I'm in a much better mental and, and spiritual place to handle that. So that's important. I think you got to limit your caffeine if you're an insomniac. So I'd be really conscious of having your coffee. If you want to do that, that's fine. First thing in the morning, then that's it. Uh, you definitely don't would be drinking diet sodas all day long. That is, that's not what you want to do. Then um, I think you want to try to eat, you know, fairly early, not ridiculously early, but I think you want to try to eat fairly early, you know, probably by, you know, seven thirty-eight if you can. I mean, you know, there's times when you can't do that. That you're not wasting all that energy, you know, with that food. You're actually the body's starting to help you get ready to wind down for sleep. Um, as the as it gets dark outside, like it is is here now, you want to dim the lights down. And maybe, uh, you know, if you're a true insomniac, you want to get the blue blocking glasses, which you can get on Amazon. They're inexpensive. They they look kind of funny. Um, <laughs> But I wear them if I'm on the computer all day and you just want to put these on. And what they do is they block the blue light that can sabotage your melatonin because anytime light hits your pupil, it, it goes into the pineal gland, 
which is the seat of the soul. That's what regulates your circadian rhythm, your sleep-wake cycle, and your release of melatonin. So if you use those glasses, uh, you will reduce the incidence of, of you know that light getting there. If you don't have those, then at the very least, go around the house and just start turning the lights down. You know, uh, two hours before bedtime, and bedtime is definitely around you know before eleven o'clock. That's the witching hour. If you're not getting in bed and asleep by midnight, you're really not getting that good sleep that you you need need to get. So you know, around nine o'clock or so, you definitely want to think about getting off. You know, you don't want to be watching Braveheart. Uh, you know, you want to get off. You don't want to, you know, you don't be watching, you know, this violent stuff. You don't, and, and, you know, don't, you don't want to be watching the news. It's too, too depressing and upsetting. Um, if you want to read, if you want to, you know, relax, the bedroom is for intimacy only. So when you're in the bed, if you want to read and relax, that's fine. If you have a, um, a partner, then that's for intimacy. You definitely don't want a workstation in there. You don't want a computer in there, a TV in there. Any electromagnetic field or any AC current is going to sabotage your, or can sabotage your melatonin levels, suppress them. So if you've got electric blankets, probably not a good thing because it can sabotage your melatonin levels. Um, definitely, um, I'm not a big fan of using the Kindles in bed, but I get it. But even that, if you're going to do that, there's apps that you can get to, t- to turn the light down. Um, there's, there's a few, few different ones or even the glasses. You definitely do not want to be on your phone, check an email, uh, any of that kind of stuff. And then if you can, um, you want to get the, um, the blackout curtains. If you're really I mean, if you're really struggling with, cur- with uh, your sleep, it's worth it to get the curtains that really black out any kind of light. The temperature should be around 70 degrees. It should be cool. We know that the cooler temperature, you sleep better. Um, chili pad, you know, Tempur-Pedic, I mean, there's different things that are out there that can help with that. Or just turn the air down. Before you go to bed, I recommend you turn the Wi-Fi off. Just unplug it. And because that Wi-Fi is giving off, you know, the electromagnetic fields. That this, you know, this doesn't affect everybody, but some of us are real sensitive to that. If you know that you are sensitive to that, uh, one of the things that's helpful for that is it sounds silly, I know, uh, but before bed, go out and walk in the grass called grounding, and literally that grounds you so you're not so wound up from these electromagnetic uh, currencies that have, that have um, you've been exposed to all day. Um, and, and, and if you need to, also, as far as to block out the, uh, the light, what I wear, you know, it looks kind of silly, I know, but I put the little uh bandana you know what were these the the mask the mask on you know mm-hmm. uh but these are the things that i recommend uh that if you get in the habit of doing this this good sleep hygiene you'll see that you'll start to reset your circadian rhythm and and that will allow you to start to fall asleep quicker get into a deeper sleep quicker and to wake up more much more refreshed each and every day if you do these little things you'll you'll notice in a short period of time that it really makes a difference. Wonderful. Great tips. Thank you. The eye mask uh, was a game changer for me as well. I can't believe I spent so much of my life not wearing one. Um, definitely recommended. Awesome. So. Well, thank you so much for everything you've shared. Um, I, you know, it's, 
just a little bit of personal story. We should have maybe started this with earlier, but, you know, we know you live all of this, right? Because we stayed there with you in your beautiful home in Alabama. Yeah. And yeah. we've seen you go off on those walks. We've seen those sort of like routines that you do, even though you've got a very busy practice, you're helping a lot of different, a lot of people on so many different modalities, um, but you live this and mm-hmm. um, it's so cool to see that. And so if people want to um, work with you more or get to know you more, what's the best way of getting in contact with you? Well, I would encourage them to go to yourfibrodoctor.com. There's all sorts of free videos and resources there that, you know, you can take advantage of. There's a brain function questionnaire that will tell you if you're low in serotonin or dopamine or norepinephrine or some of the chemicals we've talked about tonight. There's uh, videos that will help you uh, to, to, to learn these protocols. They're, they're all there for you to take advantage of. So I encourage you to go to your fibro doctor and take a look and see what uh, resonates with you and, and uh, be proactive, you know, take steps to get healthier. I mean, this, if there's any time we needed to be healthy, it's right now. You know, this is a wake up call to a lot of people. You just don't want to take it for granted. And sleep is not something you want to take for granted. Awesome. And you're also running a summit right now for those that are are listening around the time period this was filmed. Um, just want to tell us a little bit about the summit that you're running. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. So labor of love. I mean, this has been my mission for two decades to help those with fibromyalgia to live healthier, happier, more productive lives. You know, uh, those with fibromyalgia are often misunderstood and certainly uh, underserved. And uh, so the the fibrosummit.com, I've uh, gathered some of the leading functional medicine practitioners around the world. And uh, there's 30 interviews, 30 presentations with these with these folks. And it's free. So it's online. So it's you can watch in the safety and comfort of your home. Uh, but during the week of September 28th through October 4th, those interviews and the free resources that are available with that, you can take advantage of that. And, and it doesn't really matter if you have fibromyalgia. Um, I think anybody, it's certainly geared to fibromyalgia, but we have presentations on interstitial cystitis, mold toxicity, uh, adrenal fatigue, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, thyroid conditions, um, leaky gut, gluten intolerance, food allergies. CBD, I mean, it's uh, anxiety, depression, insomnia. <laughs> uh, so we have all those different presentations on there um, that I think that anybody that's looking just, you know, to get a little edge or looking for some answers they haven't been able to find somewhere else, they'll probably stumble across uh, an, an, uh, uh, an interview what they read about that, 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 you know, they'll probably get an aha moment during the interview that could help them you know, find the missing piece of the puzzle for them. Awesome. Sounds well, fantastic. We'll have a link in the uh, show notes and the link in the description below. But we thank you so much for making the time available and um, talking about this incredibly important issue. It's not the sexiest thing sometimes. People, you know, as as you use in that story, like people looking for the most complicated answer to their problems mm-hmm. without looking at the foundations and the foundations can make all the difference. So thank you for making that super clear. Um, go check out Dr. Murphy's resources. He's a great guy, really ethical man um, that helps a, helped a lot of people through his years of experience. And um, yeah, we couldn't recommend him enough. Well, I just appreciate you, Matt and Sarah. You guys are just doing such great work. It's so needed. I mean, people are really looking for answers or looking for options. You know, I think people get, you know, they, they just get uh, on one track because they don't know there's they have options. And it's people like you and the mission that you're on. Is serving so many people that are that are looking for answers and haven't been able to find them, and when they stumble across you, it's like this 
breath of fresh air. So thank you so much for what you guys are doing. So awesome. sweet. Thank you, Dr. Thank Murphy. You.